0: Welcome to Launched, the show talking to creators about launching their creations into the world. I'm Charlie Chapman, and today I'm very excited to kick off the show with the designer and co-creator of IndieApps Capsicum and When Did I. Welcome to the show, Heidi Helen Polipis.
1: I'm happy to be here.
0: I am really excited about this. And we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but I'm really, really excited to bring you on specifically because uh, whenever you released your app, when did I over the summer? Uh, Well, I guess over last summer, by the time this episode actually comes out, you, you kind of went on a little podcast junket. And you're going through a bunch of different uh, different shows and sort of just telling your story about the launch and, you know, different little design design decisions you made and why you did this, why you did that. And I happen to be in the throes of uh, developing my first app, Dark Noise, and I was just hungry for like this type of content. Like I really wanted to hear somebody else going through all of this uh all this stuff that i was about to go through or i was currently going through and one of the weird things about being an indie dev is even though i work at a company with other ios devs it's kind of not lonely but you feel like you're doing something kind of alone uh even though throughout the world there's hundreds of thousands of people doing the same thing as us and so i really wanted to bring you on and bring you on first uh because You were sort of uh, one of the major inspirations for me even doing this show is making a show about that exact thing. So thank you so much for doing that and i'm i'm really pumped to to get this started with you
1: thank you so much that's like a really big responsibility on me to (laughs) do
0: well then no no uh you already did well that's that's the whole thing uh maybe i'll just link all those episodes so if uh if i'm a terrible host and this this whole thing goes uh sideways at the very least they can go listen to other more capable people uh Bring out a good conversation with you. (laughs) (laughs) So um, one of the things that I want to do with the show is keep things pretty conversational. And so one of the ideas I have, who knows if this is going to work or not, uh, is to kick things off with an icebreaker question. Uh, Users or listeners submitted if... If people can do that, so I'd love it if people would just okay. tweet me questions. Uh, you can just call them icebreakers or something. Eventually, I need to come up with some sort of cutesy name for that or something. But for now, they're just icebreakers. And I actually put a call out on Twitter the other day to get questions from people, and I got I got a couple of them from some people. So we're gonna start off with uh, this question from. I'm not exactly sure how you say his first name, but I think it's Sunny John. And he asks.
1: Oh, I know him.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's he's really awesome, actually. You should follow him. It's at Sunny underscore John, uh, if you don't already. He's the developer of, uh, oh, man, I can't remember the name. It's like a iTube downloader. It's a Mac app. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he asks, what's your preference, tea or coffee?
1: Uh, definitely coffee. Uh, however, I really like bubble tea as well. Oh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm not, I'm not as into the bubble tea thing, but I live in the Midwest in America where that's considered like an exotic, uh, exotic thing.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah. I only really can have it like when I go into the city center, like it's not like available like everywhere.
0: Okay. What, what would be the main thing in Australia where you're from? Is it tea or like coffee? Cause like in America it's coffee all the way. And then like the UK and stuff, it seems like it's tea.
1: <laughs> um, I think I think it would be really split. Actually, I don't think coffee is as big here as it is in the U.S. Because we don't we don't have Starbucks here per se. Like whoa, there there might be a few stores around, like maybe in Sydney and. It came to Adelaide for a little while, like a decade ago, I think, but they they didn't really survive here. Wow, so the that main, is wild. Yeah, <laughs> the main places to get coffee here are like like a McDonald's drive-thru and like, I don't know if McDonald's coffee is that great. And <laughs> there, there's a few other coffee shops like Gloria Jeans and yeah, I don't actually know all of the coffee shops but yeah there's a there's a few small chains and it's not quite as big as the us
0: but so like if so like people who who sort of like write or or work on indie apps or whatever it's sort of a Mm. classic thing to go go to a coffee shop and write or something like that is that is that a thing there or are they prevalent enough for people to be working in coffee shops a lot are there still internet cafes there
1: (laughs) Uh, I have not seen any internet cafes for a long time. Um, I don't, I personally don't know how common it is to work in coffee shops. Like, I have not done that. Like, I would work maybe in a library if I went somewhere else. And there's also co working spaces, which are becoming quite popular here now for people to go and work.
0: Yeah, that's true. Those are kind of like popping up everywhere, I guess, now, aren't they?
1: Yeah. That's right.
0: Cool. Well, thank you, uh, Sonny. I, <laughs> I I always feel weird saying people's names when I don't know how to pronounce them, but uh, apologies yeah. if that's wrong. But uh, thank you for that question. And again, if you have one, uh, tweet at the podcast account, that'd be at LaunchedFM with your icebreaker question. And maybe uh, I'll ask somebody that in the future. So let's move on to uh, the main reason we're here to talk about the two main apps that you launched. So earlier this year, it was, what was it? January? Uh, you launched the app Capsicum. Is That, that was January, right?
1: That's basically right. Um, we launched it about December 28th, so a few days before January. And then, like, our launch continued into January with announcing it.
0: Oh, okay. All right, yeah. We yep. should definitely unpack that a little bit. Um, mm. So with, with Capsicum, you co-developed that with Ish, right? That's right. And he's, like, an awesome developer who's been around for a long time. Uh I can't mm-hmm. I can't list off all the apps that he's made in the past, but he's he's kind of I wouldn't say prolific, but he's made quite a few in the past, right?
1: That's right. I, I think he's made like at least twenty apps before. Some of them that aren't still available in the app store anymore, but he's he's been doing it for about a decade.
0: Yeah, he's been around like since the early days of the app store. That's right. So how did you how did you get involved working with him? Because he's based out of California, right?
1: That's right. So, it's quite an interesting story. Um, when I first got my iPhone, I think it was around 2011, it was an iPhone 4S back then. Um, I downloaded apps for every area of my life I was interested in, and one of them was like recording my dreams.
0: Oh, yeah. So,
1: I downloaded an app, Could Dream Channel, and that one was developed by Ish, and I had just finished university studying a Bachelor of Visual Arts where I also, I like majored in photography and minored in digital art. So I was like very into design and creativity. So when I like looked at the app, I saw a few things that could use improving and like I I felt really excited about putting together this document with I where I wrote like this needs some improvements here and like this font needs to be consistent here <laughs> and then I like sent I, I sent like a pdf document to the support email
0: holy cow
1: I'm <laughs> yeah. like that can be pretty confronting for someone um but actually Ish was like quite impressed like and actually like had been wanting design help in like the back of his head like and like we kind of started our relationship from there like Like, he asked me if I could make some consistent icons for one of his apps, um, which was called Up Next, which was, like, an intelligent to-do list that pulled in things from your Reminders app and would tell you, like, what the most important thing was to do next. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I made some icons for that and... Gradually, over the years, I did a few things here and there until we got to a stage where Ish was like, do you want to work on an app together? And our, our very first thing we made was Stamp Pack, which was like a sticker app, like iMessage stickers. So, that was a pretty simple thing to do. And then, yeah, later on, he asked me if I wanted to be involved in uh, designing Capsicum with him.
0: That's awesome. And- what. <laughs> If I remember correctly from one of the earlier podcasts you did, Capsicum was like this like dream app thing that he had had in the back of his head for a long time. Is that right?
1: That's true. Like when he first heard about the iPad announcement, he really wanted to get an iPad, especially if there was like a planner app on there. Like he was really inspired by like Franklin Covey planners and there wasn't anything on the ipad like that at that time and he thought he could like get into development and create something like that himself however like the technology and his understanding at that time he wasn't quite ready to start building a planning app back then um but fast forward like i guess i guess i don't know if it's 10 years or eight years he was sitting in a cafe with a friend looking at their notebook that they had, like which was very colourful and decorative. And he was like, what's that? And they they said it was like their bullet journal. And then Ish got really inspired by that and wanted to build something from his original idea and kind of melded with this new, new thing he'd seen.
0: And like- Uh, I guess we haven't really said exactly what it is, but it's, I mean, basically what you're describing. It's like a digital version of a physical planner app or a planner notebook, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. We're very inspired by physical planners and notebooks and wanted to bring in lots of decorative elements, like to remind you of the paper-based planners.
0: That's where I feel like it really, really stands out. Like, I feel like a lot of the uh, sort of standout design apps uh at least lately have been sort of like what if apple made you know xyz thing Mm. and i feel like you guys went in a very different direction in a way that's really really kind of interesting which is kind of running away from that it does not feel like something that apple would have made it feels like something apple would have made maybe like 10 or 15 years ago it feels very like physical and tactile and uh there's a lot of like it's intuitive in the way that a physical object is intuitive if that makes sense Mm. like your tabs look like paper tabs with you know depth and shading and all of your different themes are not just a sets of colors but like there's actual textures and everything that go with those there's just something really tactile and interesting feeling about it yet it also feels very digital like you know whenever you first open the app there's the like plus icon is sort of pulsating so obviously that's you know a very digital concept this movement but it's it's very uh unique
1: yeah we wanted to bring people's attention to like creating a notebook there to add their first one yeah so we do kind of marry the digital and the paper concept together
0: now was that i guess that was just like both of you coming to that or like what was the what was sort of the design process was there a set of principles that were sort of laid out from the beginning and then you ran with it? Or was this uh, an idea that sort of organically just grew out of both of your preferences?
1: Well, the process of creating it was quite a long one that it took about three years, actually. And wow, it involved a lot of trial and error. Like, we designed the app completely different at the start. Like, the first name that it had was Modular before it became Capsicum. And we called it modular because we had, like, all these different modules, these rectangles. Like, the idea was actually to be able to build your own page of things you wanted. Like, you could have a to-do module.
0: Oh. And
1: a notes module. Yeah.
0: I can sort of see that a little bit in what it ended up as. Like, I could see Mm. how you could have, like, the little calendar section or, like, the birthday section on the monthly view or whatever. Yeah. I could imagine those as widgets you could sort of place around.
1: Yeah. Now we're calling them capsicum components. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah. So, at the moment, they are default things. Like, there's not heaps of customization around your page. But we decided on that because during our testing, we realized that we don't really want to build our page every single day for our planner. Like, we want to be able to set it up once and then like be able to use it every day. So we have a bunch of defaults and you can customize that a bit. Like you can change your, you can change your color and like what tape style that you want. The tape we use tape to look like as a divider, but in physical planners, a lot of people use washi tape um, on their page like to divide up sections and to decorate it, so that's where that came in.
0: What is washi tape?
1: Well, washi tape is like Japanese paper tape, so ah. it comes in a whole lot of different patterns, and yeah, washi is the type of paper. Basically, there's heaps of different patterns, like and colors. It's like a crafting, yeah. It's a crafting tool.
0: Okay, so this is like this is what those uh, sort of banners you're using to like separate the different i guess modules or capsicum components
1: yep that's right we're using it both for decoration and to divide up to divide up content
0: that's really cool so you said this took like three years so yeah you've gone through like a bunch of different design iterations then
1: yes we have um for like the first year it was basically me and ish testing it on our own devices like we were we were using it for ourselves, so like adding our own to do's and um notes, and we have loose leaf pages where you can add notes and to do's as well that aren't attached to a particular date or time. um so we were just using it and testing it out how we wanted to use it, and it evolved over time like later on, we added habit tracking to it as well because we're like that's a big part of what people do in their paper plan is they. They actually track things like whether they drank water or what movies they watched or other things they want to achieve, like cooking dinner every night. So, we decided to add a habit tracking component into it.
0: So, is that – you said other people are doing that? Is Are you, like, talking <clears throat> to other people and just trying to, like, ask around, like, how do you use your planner? Or did you guys start, like, a beta testing period around that time?
1: Uh, we did start beta testing. My research mostly involved like looking at Pinterest and Instagram posts of people's like bullet journals and notebooks, how they like to decorate them and the kind of things they put in there. I watched a few YouTube videos as well. I'm, I'm, I have not been someone who's done bullet journaling myself. And bullet journaling is, it's a simple method of planning that can become more complex and decorative if an individual wants to. But at its premise, it's like simple, like like different bullets represent different things, like, like a circle with a line around it that's not coloured in represents a task that has to be done. If it's coloured in, so it's a solid bullet, then it's done. If there's an arrow through the bullet, that means you're moving it to another day to do it. And like people can kind of customize those bullets a bit for how they want to do it.
0: Okay. So, that's why it's called bullet journals. Yep. Okay. I never actually put that together, but that seems obvious now that you say that.
1: <laughs> so, I hope I describe bullet journaling okay there. Um, as I'm not a big bullet journaler myself, I'm not down with all of the details, but it was a bit of an inspiration in building capsicum.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because that's one of those things that's always weird about uh, software development in general is like often, especially with indie apps, you're sort of building a thing for yourself. Yeah. But then when you start opening it up to the world, you realize everybody else is using it different than you and you sort of have to learn about a bunch of things that you don't personally care about yourself. And it sounds like with with this, because it was sort of a co-creation thing, um, almost from the get-go, you were having to do that sort of legwork to learn about a world that you weren't necessarily personally familiar with.
1: That's right. However, um, I am always like looking for ways to be more productive because there is so much stuff in my head that I have to get out. And I have tried so many different systems like Trello and Jira and, um, uh, Todoist and a whole, like I've tried a whole bunch of different apps um, to like try and get out what's in my head and to plan what I have to do. So that's where Capsicum also came in in creating a system that would work for me and for other people who are similarly interested in this kind of planning.
0: Yeah, that that's one question I had was uh, with working with another person, but also working with another person on like opposite ends of the time zone. How did you guys, like, manage tasks?
1: That's a good question. Um, Well, firstly, I'm very flexible with my timetable. I basically sometimes adjust my schedule. So, I'm awake at similar times as the US. Um, So, if people don't know, I'm from Adelaide, South Australia. So, there is a pretty significant difference between... Australia and the United States and um, Ish himself like sleeps like only five hours a night so he's like available (laughs) well he might have increased that slightly lately but basically he's available a lot of the time of the day so we can always find a time where we can like meet to talk about what we're working on and we have used Slack as our communication to like type to one another and and like send mock-ups to discuss. And um, we we also, we do use Jira for our project management and issue tracking, as well as like our custer, customer support comes through Jira's service desk. So any emails we receive go through there and then we can group that as a ticket. Oh, nice. To our issues in Jira. And we also use... FaceTime audio a lot to talk about to talk about our work and what we should be doing next and then another thing I do is I use linear to to do a sketch of like a screen that I'm working on and then I send that to ish over slack and we we kind of discuss like does does this look alright? it's kind of like a wireframe or or a very basic low fidelity mock-up of what I'm gonna then later make and sketch
0: is that that's the Linear uh, iOS app.
1: Yeah, or well, I use it on iPad. There's its full name might be Linear Sketch, and then they also have it on iPhone.
0: It's uh made by the Icon Factory, I think, right?
1: Yeah, before I before I got an iPad, I I did a lot of drawing on paper. I when I got my iPad, I switched over to digital because paper like involved like. Drawing it on the paper, then taking a photo, then sending that. So it's just a little bit easier to be able to do it on my iPad with my Apple Pencil. And Linear has a whole bunch of templates. So they have, they have like iPhone and iPad templates that you can start drawing over, even app icon templates.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've used it for that for the same reason, and it's kind of got like a paper texture too, which yeah somehow feels better. I don't, I, don't, I can't explain why, but
1: yeah. And you can change that to some different textures too if you want.
0: Oh, nice. So you you sort of make your really rough wireframes in Linea and yeah. workshop that with Ish as a way to sort of rapidly change ideas or play with ideas or whatever.
1: That's right.
0: And then what do you do? Do you move on to like a higher fidelity thing and something like Sketch?
1: That's That's exactly right. So once the... Once we like both agree that that sketch looks about right, I start creating it in sketch. <laughs> There's two different sketching there sketch <laughs> in linear and sketch the Mac app. Um, I used to actually really resist drawing and sketching wireframes because I'm like, because I'm like a bit of a perfectionist at times. I don't like making mistakes and I don't like things looking rough and not perfect. So it actually took a bit of time for me to warm up to the idea of sketching because, like, I also thought that, like, people aren't going to get it if they don't see the polished work, but Ish is pretty good at understanding my wireframes. And I realised it saves so much time if I sketch it first because, like, doing the high-fidelity mock-up involves a lot more effort of, like, creating, like, user interface elements.
0: Yeah, you're a lot more willing to throw an idea away when you didn't spend a whole bunch of time making it pixel perfect.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And one thing, like, we've found, uh, in, like, our consulting at least, is doing rough sketches. Uh, and, in fact, even if we make a higher fidelity wireframe, sometimes we will intentionally lower that fidelity, like, make it grayscale and takeaway elements because sometimes you're trying to show like the way a navigation flow feels or something like that. And having those like having colors or like specific details in there would distract from the actual conversation that needed to happen, which is like, should this, you know, back button work this way or should clicking this take you over to this spot? And it's not as important what the back button looks like right now. Mm. And so it was almost like a way to, uh, trick your brain into focusing on the actual problem you're trying to solve
1: that is quite a strong principle in designing logos as well to focus on the form over the color and style so like they often recommend creating logos in black and white so that it can work in a simple black and white environment as well but also so that color isn't distracting
0: that makes sense i imagine also just like color blindness issues aren't an issue if you have at least a good, solid, like, original form. Yeah. So, you, we kind of touched on it earlier, but uh, we haven't kind of dove into it yet. So, you said you did do, like, a beta period for Capsicum?
1: That's right.
0: How did that go?
1: Yeah, it went pretty well. Like, we we had an early beta in the process um, where it was still a very rough project. And then, I believe... It was another year before we opened up the beta again with like a rebuilt capsicum that incorporated a lot of the earlier feedback since it is a couple of years ago now it's a little bit hard to recall all the details, but in the second beta period we had we we had about a thousand people sign up, i believe man um on the test flight, so we had quite a lot of people involved in giving us feedback and catching some bugs before we launched
0: and then um what was your actual like launch like as far as prep like did you have like a marketing plan did you sort of utilize that test flight to sort of uh get it into the press's hands ahead of time or anything like that or was it sort of a drop it and just see what happens
1: We didn't have, like, an official marketing plan, like, written down on paper or in a document. However, it did start early with having relationships and communicating with people. Like, Ish goes to WWDC every year and, like, he actually would meet with people in person and talk to them about the app and he would tease it on Twitter that he's working on something And like start drumming up some interest, like in the early days, like even though we like would let people know that, you know, we're not launching till later and like it's in the early stages, but we started like communicating, Hey, we're working on this. And yeah, so people kind of got to know through our Twitter presence that we were working on something and also through relationships that we started building and getting to know people, and we really built a community around us, and that really helped. That really helped in the lead up to our launch um, to have people know about it. Because like, if you if you like just focus on the the building of the product and like think I'm gonna just like do a tweet when I launch, then it can like fall pretty flat. So it really does help to involve people in the build-up to it. And I will say that with When Did I, um, I was rushing a bit to get it out before this year's WWDC because I, cause I knew that, like, a whole bunch of technology was going to change at that point and, like, my schedule and Kyle's schedule who I'm working with could get a lot busier. So I really rushed to get it out and I didn't really have the time to do as much marketing for it as I wanted to. Um, so I would say that my launch for that one might have not been as like dramatic and huge as my launch for Capsican where a lot of people knew about it beforehand. However, I, it was still a good launch because people in the community know me and they get interested in what I'm doing and... And it went pretty well when I shared about it.
0: Yeah. So I'm, let's go ahead and talk about when did I then. So sure. So did release uh, in December, you said. And it seemed, yeah. by all intents and purposes, that went really well. Um, but then over the summer, you came out with another app called When Did I? And I feel like, uh, at least from my perspective outside looking in, these are like perfect enca- encapsulations of the two different types of apps that you see in the store. One of them is like ostensibly a to-do app that's done really, really well. But it's this app that's like a category that's well known. There's lots of apps in the store and you you made it special by uh, doing all sorts of interesting different things with it. And and really visual design was really good there too. When Did I is sort of in the opposite realm where I feel like you, you hit upon like a really interesting idea and... maybe there is something out there in the store like this, but I had never seen anything like this before. Mm. And that was, I I just remember, because I didn't know who you were whenever you launched this. This is actually how I think I learned who you were. And I was just totally fascinated by the idea. It was such a simple, but like interesting concept, um, which I guess we should explain. I'll let you go ahead and explain it if that's okay.
1: Okay. Well, when did I is an app for tracking when you did things. So for example... When did you last change your sheets? You know, it could be longer than a month or it could get on to like six months since you've done it. And it would be like, yeah, it's time to change my sheets. But if you don't know, like maybe you're not really aware of all of your habits and how often you do things, the app kind of helps, helps you to remember. So like when you actually do something. So when you change the sheets on your bed, you can tap a row inside the app. Like that, you just change your sheets, or you could use a, sh- um, a Siri shortcut to say, "Hey Siri, I just changed my sheets," and it will get logged in the app. There's there's so many different things you can track in Windir. I. Like I, let me just open up my when Did I.
0: Yeah, I know. I've been using it to track, uh, like when I give my dog his heartworm medicine. Oh wow! Because I have reminders uh, that are pretty good, but since I switched reminders apps, the new one I use doesn't. It doesn't reset uh, exactly, like, based on when I gave it to him. It's just on a monthly schedule. And sometimes, you know, I'm, like, later, or, or whatever. And so I like having that because it reminds me exactly when I did it last. It seems weird. I could write it down. But there's something about how, yeah. how painfully simple it is to just tap the button and then move on with your life and not think about it again. And then it's just, like, logged somewhere.
1: Yeah, like you said earlier, like, I... I've always wanted an app like this myself and I have searched the App Store and and not really found anything appropriate so that was part of the the desire to create this app because I wanted something like this myself. So I have in mind stuff like flossing and I even have going to bed and waking up so like if I if I like want to see how long I've been awake I can see like oh yeah I've been awake like 10 hours or 16 hours. Um, Oh,
0: yeah. Especially if you don't have, uh, like, a regular schedule or uh, extreme consistency there. It might be nice to, like, have some awareness.
1: So, uh, yeah, I don't have a regular schedule, so it, it does help to bring a bit of awareness one thing is if you forget, you can forget to like tap something in the app as well. So right now mine says I went to bed four days ago, so <laughs> <laughs> I have slept earlier than that. Um, so I have in mine wash clothes, wash dishes, listen to podcasts. I, I'm a very avid listener of podcasts. But it has been a while since I've listened to one lately. It's been 15 days. Oh, man. I do have changed the sheets, but I'm not going to reveal how long <laughs> ago that was done.
0: Yeah, it's it's so interesting because it's like it's taking like a a thing that is common, which is putting in like a to-do list and like reversing it somehow. Like it's a it's a done list I guess (laughs) I don't know it's yeah it's really fascinating but there's all sorts of weird uses for it that I wouldn't think of I guess similar to a to-do list where everybody uses them a totally different way I saw Kyle uh, who we definitely should talk to talk about in just a second here Mm -hmm. Um, whenever he was at WWDC he said he was using it to he would log whenever he got in a line Mm. and then as you know as you've been in line you know how you're constantly doing that thing where you're looking at an old text message like i swear we've been here for 20 minutes and you're trying to find some digital proof that you've been here for 20 minutes but he actually has like a thing that's a little counter that's telling him exactly how long he's been sitting in that line and it's so easy to just tap that button that I've actually been doing that sometimes when usually it's once I've been in a line or like waiting to get my car worked on or something. Once I've been waiting a certain amount of time and I get that feeling of how long have I been here? Mm. I'll be like, you know what? I should start a timer now. So I at least ha- know how long it's been since now. And half the time I don't even look at it, but I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's like <laughs> a nice little thing to know that I have that running in the background.
1: Yeah. It can become a little impul a little impulse to, to tap when you did things like, Like, I do it when I brush my teeth as well and floss, like, because, like, I really wanted to build a habit of flossing and, like, doing it every single day, so I always have my phone with me when I'm about to do it to tap it, and, um, yeah, there's so many different use cases for it, like, you can use it to track that you took your medication, and some people have written in and told me they've done that, and that's, like, a pretty serious thing to know that it's helping people stay on top of their health and medical needs.
0: Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah. So you said this was an idea be- that you had because you wanted one and you couldn't find one and you decided to build it. Yeah. But how did mm-hmm. you come about uh, working with Kyle Cronin? Is that how you say his last name?
1: I believe so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Kyle and I met at... Um, during WWDC in 2017, I have gotten over to the US once and I was very privileged and happy to be able to go over there. Like, um I got a women's scholarship to go to the Layers Conference. Oh, cool. And I didn't really have the money for my ticket to travel to the US. It's like... A lot of people who go to WWDC, they're flying from state to state, but I'm flying from Australia. So I was, like, so blessed to, like, have, like, um, the community raise a bunch of money for me, like, on GoFundMe so that I could afford the price of my ticket over there. And then when I was at Layers, um, like, I pretty much said to myself, I want to talk to people and get to know people, like, like I want to build relationships and I'm here to get to know other people in the industry. And I saw Kyle standing there like by himself and I'm like, I'm going to go say hello. <laughs> so I said hello to him and, yeah, we pretty much hit it off. Like we got on really well and um, we like kept in touch when I got back to Australia and Kyle was formerly a web developer and he really wanted to get into ios development so like we were just discussing like do you do you have any ideas about an app we could make like because we talked about maybe making something together maybe a small project that could help him get his ios skills and like i also really want to do independent work on apps like like it is hard to get a full time job with someone else in that area, so I really, I really like being independent, and being able to make my own things.
0: And this was this was before Capsicum came out, right? This is the summer before.
1: Um. Yes, I believe we. Were, I believe I was working on both projects at the same time.
0: Yeah, because Capsicum came out uh, at the end of two thousand eighteen, and then
1: that's right.
0: And then when did I came out? Right before WWDC 2019.
1: Yeah, I was working on them at the same time for a bit. So when did I... I was working on and off, like, I guess for the last year or so. And finally got it out in June this year.
0: And you said earlier that, like, you didn't get to do all the marketing that you were kind of wanting to do. Mm. But I can at least say from my perspective, it, it made a pretty big splash. It seemed like it got... A decent amount of attention. I think you you were written up in a couple of different places and but the big thing was just it seemed like everybody on Twitter was sort of smitten uh like I was at just the concept. And so there was just a lot of chatter about it, it seemed like.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people have thought in the back of their mind that they would like an app like this, like there's so many different things people would want to track, and it's you can't like really use a, tip, a typical to-do list for it, or like just leaving a note is not an easy way of keeping track of multiple things. So I think a lot of people wanted it, and I will I will say like I have I have kind of found some apps that are similar in my research like since making it but I wasn't really aware of anything beforehand and I think a lot of people were excited about the idea because they really wanted something like that for themselves and it's it's a pretty simple utility to use and um I also like made a, a fun bright color scheme and I use yeah. that a lot in the images I shared
0: that's that is definitely uh helpful too It it stands out
1: yeah and i'm aware that some people are not a fan of like the bright fluoro colors that i'm using so there are some other options for people to choose from
0: yeah there's a bunch of different themes right but they all kind of use that That's gradient right. a- across the top
1: yeah they they all kind of do i think there might be one plain gray one that people can use as well so i i basically designed it just with like the the yellow to cyan color color scheme and then Kyle, he actually came up with all the other color schemes. So I'm the most attached to the yellow design myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, we also have orange and magenta, purple haze, windows 98, teal and gray. And we have both light mode and dark mode as well that people can um, change their theme from
0: yeah for what it's worth i think i i have the yellow to cyan but it's in the dark mode
1: yeah it looks like i'm using that too i'm all dark mode now
0: <laughs> oh don't get me started on dark mode i have way too many uh, obnoxious opinions on that <laughs>
1: <laughs> no worries <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> so it seemed like at least from my perspective the launch went pretty well was that was that kind of the feeling on your end
1: yeah um I would say that our our launch day and the f- days after, I would say that was like our hi- highest sales period.
0: Yeah, it's a paid up front app, right?
1: Yeah, it is a paid up front app. So, we did pretty well around the launch and I didn't like actually get any write-ups about it like when I launched. Even though I did contact press a little bit beforehand, um, the write-ups that I did end up getting um, were as a result of people liking it so ryan from mac stories uh he he liked the app and he's actually said it's one of his favorite apps of this year
0: oh man so that's a really big honor yeah mac stories it it feels to me like the sort of tastemakers uh at least from my perspective so any any accolades from them feels like extremely high praise
1: yeah i always contact mac stories when i'm launching my app and like i got to meet Federico and John Voorhees when I was in the US and and I also got to be interviewed on app stories by them which was a very exciting honor for me
0: oh that's right yeah I forgot about that that was a couple years ago right for like the was that the 10-year anniversary like week that they did
1: yeah that's right
0: yeah that that's a great episode I'll definitely uh, link that in the show notes okay I mentioned it at the beginning but sort of the inspiration for this whole podcast was after you launched When Did I? And maybe you did this for Capsicum and I just missed it, but Mm -hmm. you went on a whole bunch of different podcasts, it seemed like. There was like three Mm -hmm. or four different podcasts where you went on and kind of told your story. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, like, was that something that you did intentionally? Was that organic? Do you think that helped, contributed or did anything as far as marketing goes?
1: Uh, It was completely organic. I was invited on every podcast that I went on, I, I haven't actually gone out and sought opportunities to speak on a podcast. I just, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I share a lot about podcasts I'm listening to on my Twitter and I just seem to attract them to myself.
0: So, so it was, uh, so it was like totally organic then just from being in the community and people kind of knowing who you were.
1: That's right. And some of the podcasts I have been on, um, are like, I actually had been on them before, like, Waiting for Review, for instance, like, me and Ish recorded on there before we launched Capsicum, and we were talking about it, and then they did a follow-up with us later on.
0: And how do you feel, do you feel like that, like, do you feel like that contributes to sort of the marketing for the app at all, or maybe not for the app itself, but for, uh, I don't know how to say this is sounding weird, but like sort of your, your profile in the iOS community, like sort of making a little name for yourself, which like you said, probably helped with the, when did I launch?
1: I I will say that being on podcasts definitely helps for a few more people to find out about what I'm working on, because some people do write in and say, I heard about it on the podcast or, I I heard about it in Mac stories, and then it does it does help to it does help to build my profile a bit in the community because people get to know get to know me um and what I'm working on and that I'm part of the community as well. I find it like really an honor that people want to talk to me like because like I ha- I have felt I guess a bit of imposter syndrome in that. Like, I'm the designer, not the developer, so, like, I'm I'm not usually touching the code at all. I'm, like, designing how it all looks, <laughs> but people still want to talk to me, so I'm, I'm really glad.
0: I think there, there's probably an aspect of uh, a lot of us developers are all kind of wannabe designers, and for indie devs in particular, they often can't really afford or don't have a designer... Uh, for them so we all feel imposter syndrome when it comes to the design thing that we're all doing <laughs> so like yeah hearing from you know most designers uh are working at companies or at firms or something so you're you're kind of a person who's ostensibly like focused on design yet lives in this sort of uh iOS indie dev community with us and I think that probably contributes yeah. a lot to it is we all know that there's a lot that we could learn from you and so it's kind of exciting to to <laughs> get to talk to you and ask questions for the things that we're not necessarily experts on.
1: Yeah, I will agree that developers usually have to do it all like independent developers they're doing the design, the development and the marketing and it is cool when you can work in a team and you can focus on your different strengths. So like when I've worked with Ish and when I've worked with Kyle, I'm, I'm doing the design and they're doing the development. And I'm I'm usually the one doing the marketing, like creating the promotional artwork for Twitter and um, sending emails to people about it. Um, So it is good when you get to focus on your own strengths.
0: Yeah. And like, it's just a, it's a daunting task that, that run up to a launch uh whenever you feel like you know as a developer anyway whenever you feel like you've gotten to that like 1.0 state you know you're just kind of finishing off the last bugs and you're just looking at your to-do list that's just like launch and then your subtasks are just like okay you know set up a press kit make sure the website's set up like they all seem like one little bullet point but each one is Often a whole set of design work that's not necessarily your core competency, mm. and I've talked to lots of people who either have just not done all that stuff, which definitely yeah uh, hurts you know your ability to sort of get noticed in the ever increasing size of the store, or like it takes them forever to get through all that just because yeah you're kind of learning uh, a whole different field that is not your like forte. And so, yeah. there's a lot of imposter syndrome going the other way. I think too.
1: Yeah, building screenshots is a time-consuming aspect of it too. Like, yeah, because you want to tell a story with them to communicate what the app can do, and uh, you have to do it in several different device sizes uh, for the app store. So
0: yeah, and if you want to do like a video, uh- that's a <laughs> it's a whole other monster.
1: <laughs> yes. I I would really like to get good at video, but for now I'm focusing more on the on the stills. My my Mac could actually use upgrading, so I could support video editing software. For now, it it's struggling along.
0: Yeah. Do you, so. Do you do uh? Do you do most of the copy?
1: I do. Usually, what I I usually write something and then I share that with Ish or Kyle. And, like, we we come to a consensus because there's always a lot to be gained from the person you're working with about how you communicate things and you really want to agree and both feel happy with the messaging that you're putting out. So I really – I just really like collaborating on that to get it the best, but usually I do start it off and then, yeah, we tweak it a bit together.
0: Yeah, I didn't think about that. Like, on one hand – like when you started that uh sentence i was like man it would be nice to have another person because i'm terrible at writing and so i always just end up tweeting it out uh and then letting everybody send me all their corrections because it's it's embarrassing but <laughs> i i just know i'm bad at it and i was like oh man it'd be nice to have another person but the flip side of that is you have to have agreeance on like how what your one voice as an app is going to be and that's a lot easier when it's just one <laughs> person but it, it, it probably is a little bit of a struggle Especially since you have two apps with two different people, kind of yeah. There's probably a different, slightly different voice for Capsicum than there is for When Did I.
1: Yeah. So for When Did I, sometimes I do just like tweet out a message on my own, and I am wanting to continue to learn development as well, so that I can. I want to like step up more on the project, Um, but and like at times I have had permission with Capsicum as well to like, be in charge of doing a tweet, Um, but usually I still like being able to share it. And I will say that what you do with getting the community involved, like, how does my app store description sound, or how how does this piece of writing sound for, like, doing a tweet on it, like, I think that gets people involved in your story, and they become, like, a part of it, and I think that's actually a really good marketing technique and really good at getting people on board with you
0: yeah i think it helps that i sort of accidentally made my uh my story and my voice the bumbling uh newbie ios developer (laughs) (laughs) Mm. so i can be consistent with uh sort of my place in the ios dev community by doing things that are maybe dumb and asking what people think and then people are very 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 uh open to like Giving, I, I don't even, I won't even call it like criticism, but it's more just like mm. thoughts or oh, maybe you, you don't want to do that because X, Y, Z, or oh, you probably haven't seen this yet. People are so like kind, at least they have been so far to me. Yeah, that it makes it a lot easier to sort of put something out there that you you might be embarrassed about, um, and then it usually ends up producing like good feedback that I can then turn around and tweak or just a bunch of people saying nice things and it makes me feel better about myself
1: (laughs) (laughs) i honestly would like to take a page from your book and start doing that more myself like tweeting out like what i'm working on like does this screen look better or does this look better or does this sound better the the only thing is like when you're like rushing to get something out or you're not quite happy with it yet it can feel kind of vulnerable to share things oh, yeah. like when you're not quite ready for feedback yet
0: yeah def- that is the the hurdle and i guess that's why i was thinking i'm i'm glad i i sort of bumbled into it because at first i was mm-hmm. i think it all started i was the same way where i was like i don't want to show anybody anything until it's something i'm not going to be embarrassed by and then i was getting frustrated with something and i i tweeted you know a thing out saying i couldn't figure it out and i think it was i think it was kyle actually may have been that first person it was like during wwdc that uh sort of jumped in just out of the blue i don't know if i hashtagged it or something i don't know how he found me but yeah. he's just like oh you might try this and mm-hmm. like that created a little dialogue and helped me solve my problem really fast and so the next time i ran into one of those issues yeah. i was like well maybe i can try this again and it worked again and then that sort of all snowballed into this sort of uh, Twitter, actually using Twitter to <laughs> use as my, like, co-workers, I guess, in some ways.
1: Mm, I I really like the iOS development community on Twitter. Like, it feels like a safe and welcoming place. And I also like sharing. Like, if I see, like, a newbie that has questions, like, I like retweeting it or sharing it or tagging someone that might be able to help because, Like, I received a lot of help and support from the community and, like, if I can boost someone else and get them the help they need, that is a really great feeling.
0: Yeah, like, that is one thing that I learned early on from you, actually, uh, is reaching out to random people or letting random people uh, sort of engage with you or whatever is extremely rewarding. And, like, you you very quickly were like encouraging me with random little things. I, I don't even remember. I just remember like in my head, you were this person who had released an app in the store. And so <laughs> <laughs> even though it was only a couple months removed from when I released something, it's, it's crazy how big of a gap that seems in your head. Mm. Like you were one of these people that had made it. And like, that's the, that's the goal. That's the dream. And you were talking to me and giving me like positive feedback and not even like pointers and tips, but just like, I think what you're doing is really cool here i think you're on to something good with this idea or something and like i can't tell you how encouraging that was whenever you're in that mode where you're sort of banging your head against the wall like why am i even why am i spending all this time on this you know is this really worth it i wasn't expecting to make any money but then hearing somebody in the community who you sort of respected the work they did just say something nice to you is it's a really like powerful thing And so because of that experience, uh, I've been trying to do similar things with people and pretty much anybody who reaches out to me at this point, I'm very willing to talk to them about whatever they want to talk about with with development or marketing or anything like that because one, I just find it fun to talk about anyway. But two, it's like Mm. so many people invested in me not knowing anything about me or having any reason to whenever I was starting out and I kind of want to like pay that forward. And it feels like that's what... The iOS and from what I've heard, the just sort of Apple developer community from even before the iPhone, mm. it seems like it's been that way for a long time.
1: Mm, I'm really glad because people have asked me before if I felt welcomed by the community, like, because I'm also a woman and I'm like, I'm I'm not a developer per se, but I really do feel involved in the process of creating apps. Um, so I answered that, yes, I did feel welcomed, and I just really love this community, and it, it has inspired me so much that I want to learn development myself, because, like, the people you hang out with, you start becoming more like.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, like, you tweeted about that a little while ago, and I know you've gotten busy with some other things, but yeah. whenever Swift UI was... Uh, came out you were kind of like oh i'll I'll maybe jump into this and it seemed like there was just Mm -hmm. a flood of people that were like super excited and cheering you on and uh you you were doing that 100 days of swift for a little while and it was just fun like watching somebody again whose work that you respect kind of like dip their toes in an area that you actually know a little bit about
1: yeah i will say that i found it extremely hard for for myself to do Um, but like, I was quite motivated to, to try and achieve it and spend time with it, even if it was hard. And like, I feel like people have a stereotype sometimes that women can't be developers and like that it's more suited to men. And I, I really don't, I don't want to like contribute to that stereotype in any way. Like when I'm like struggling with it or anything, but people really came alongside me and like supported me and like offered help to me if I had any questions and I have taken a break from it for a while because I have a lot of other work and projects to do at the moment, but I want to get back to it as soon as I can.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And that's kind of a crappy situation too, that because uh, like a person in a group that has sort of been n- not exactly the most welcome historically uh in a community feels more pressure to be successful doing that thing than anybody else because you don't want to like contribute to a stereotype and i don't know
1: yeah because i don't want to be like this is so hard and like i can't do this and then and then have toxic people come and say like yeah like It's not for women. It's for men or something. (laughs) Or like, yeah, just go back to your day job or whatever. Like, but I have not received any of that at all. But I know that a lot of women actually feel not welcome all the time in the tech community. And like a lot of women, when they go to tech conferences, even like that people ask them, are you a designer? Like they don't assume that they can have the technical or development skills and I'm actually going to the tech conferences and I am a designer. So that's another story. But, <laughs> but yeah, women are capable of doing everything men can do and sometimes even better.
0: Oh, yeah. And like it's bringing different uh, ways of thinking to the table, too. Not that I don't know. Not that like women have to think differently, but you know what I mean? Like there's a whole group of people, 50 percent of the population that uh, has sort of been either pushed out or not encouraged to join or whatever the reasons are like that aren't in this community bringing their ideas in and I think there's yeah like some of the some of the women iOS developers I know like there's a different feel to the app because it's bringing a totally different experience in and I think that's really cool and I hope I don't know I hope that there's something we can do to help encourage that I know I have a lot of work to do (laughs) for learning even what to do for that kind of stuff but
1: yeah, diversity is important.
0: Yeah, for sure. So it's exciting that at least the community on Twitter that you're in has been uh, encouraging and not toxic. That's definitely very exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm very glad. Yep, because I want to stay away from the drama.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like I know that that is the what people think of when they think of Twitter, but I can say like from my experience so far, the the small iOS dev community that at least I've I've been in interaction with has not really been like that at all.
1: I agree. I think that the larger tech environment might be more toxic than like the iOS development bubble for some reason.
0: Oh, yeah. I've definitely seen that when I was a web developer. That's definitely more of a thing. And I don't want to say that's not a thing in the iOS dev community. Like, I I definitely can be uh, guilty of having blinders on. As you know, a white guy in the Midwest. So I don't want to like dismiss that as if that's not a thing, but it definitely seems like it's at least not as big of a deal uh, in the iOS dev community.
1: Yeah, I also cannot speak for everyone there is, so I can only say that my own experience that I felt welcomed and um, I felt like a like a part of it. Um, like I even I even go to a meetup group of. Uh, for iOS developers like Cocoa Heads Adelaide. And I actually am the only woman who attends, but everyone's pretty welcoming towards me, and I don't I don't feel ostracized or cut off in any way.
0: Well, that's, that's encouraging to hear, but definitely something to always keep in mind. Yeah. Because I feel like there's still a long way to go, even if it's not overtly being uh, mean. There's still not nearly the representation that there probably should be
1: yeah more women have got to be encouraged to get into the field and are not scared by people's attitudes that currently exist
0: right yeah and people's yeah attitudes probably shouldn't be that way in the first place but yeah i think that i think that pretty much does it uh i kind of ran a little bit over on time on you i'm sorry about that
1: that's all right
0: so how can people find you
1: People can find me on Twitter, where I am a lot. My profile is at Heidi underscore Helen. I would spell that out, but I feel like I say I say H wrong. Is it H or H? Uh,
0: I think in America we say H, but I think uh, certain parts okay, of yeah. England they say H.
1: <laughs> yes, I I mix that up all the time, but it is. Uh, I'll just spell it out. It's H E I D I underscore H. E-L-E-N. And I'm also on Instagram at the same address. Um, Yeah, my website has not been updated for a very long time. Eventually, I would like a new one. So, mostly, you can find me on Twitter.
0: Awesome. And then your apps are, like we talked about, Capsicum and When Did I? And both of those are iOS only. Uh, Don't tweet with your Where's the Android version.
1: That's right. So, Capsicum... You can search for on the app store and when did I, and they both have Twitter handles as well. Capsican is Capsican app on Twitter. And when did I is when did I app on Twitter.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on and being the, being the first Guinea pig here.
1: I'm very honored that you had me as your first guest, and it's just really amazing.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, let's hope that uh, I get across the finish line and at least uh, launch the launched podcast.
1: (laughs) I am rooting for you.
0: Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please go to Apple Podcasts right now and give us a rating and review. Or if you use a different podcast player, hit the star button in Overcast, or give a rating in Breaker or Stitcher, or honestly, whatever it is that you use. Uh, Especially this week, I'm trying to make as much noise as possible to launch the show and maybe get a little bit of attention going towards the show. And if you'd like to discuss the episode, you can find me on Twitter at underscore chuckyc, C, or you can tweet the show at LaunchedFM. And we have a dedicated subreddit called Launched FM, where you can discuss the show with me, other listeners, and maybe sometimes our guests will join us there too. For show notes, contact form, or to apply to come on the show if you have a big launch in the future, go to LaunchedFM.com.
1: to say, hey, Siri, I just changed my sheets, and it will get logged in the app. Oh. Oops. I don't understand. <laughs> hey, Siri, I just changed my sheets. Uh, ignore that. web for it. I shouldn't have said Siri. Yeah, oh, I'll, have to, I'll have to beep it out. <laughs> uh, that might be funny to keep in. Um, <laughs>